Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to Chasms of the Mind with Chaz Bruns and Kat Gould. Today's guest is Orson Horkler, also known as Pigeon or Attila Mendez. The man goes by many names. He has many talents as well. By day, he owns and operates Bondeco Carpentry out of Portland, Maine. At night, he uses the same name, Bondeco, for his band. He also makes art. Uh, he's just a renaissance man all around. Enjoy. Hello. Well, who's there? Look, it's Chaz. And it's me. Cat. Hey, how are you, man? Hi, Cat. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, virtually. Today yeah. we have the pleasure, the great pleasure of speaking to the sexy, intelligent, strong, and at least one arm, brilliant Orson Horkler. How are you, good sir? I'm good. How are you? Good to, good good. to see you again. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think the last time I saw you, I was walking in the street in Portland with John Gillis in front of, what's that place that sells the quail eggs? The quail eggs? Oh, yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't think either of us were eating there, but we were walking by. Did you yeah, eat so. the quail eggs, or did you take them home and try to incubate them and hatch them? No, People no, do I, that. listen, I love the quail eggs, but I, I don't oh, think yeah. they were open. I, it it might have been right when coronavirus started or something, but they weren't open, so we didn't get any quail eggs. I think no, we, we, we went to uh, King of the Roll, no? Was that uh, the last time you saw me? I don't remember. Yeah. All, I'm getting old. My, my memory, it all bleeds together. Um, okay, so yeah, you can hear us good, you said. Like a, yeah, you're starting to look like a, like a middle-aged country singer. I think I've always looked like a middle-aged country singer. <laughs> yeah, truly, true. It's not the works anyone's ever said about you, like Chaz. I like four years old, and they're like, why is that middle-aged country singer in here? Come on. <laughs> look at his cheeks. <laughs> That's a middle-aged country singer. I'm a real boy. <laughs> so, so listen, obviously you and I know each other, uh, but yeah. Kat, Kat does not. Um, so mm-hmm. why don't you, I kind of wanted you, I know you were, you were born in, in Paris, right? Or France in general, but was it Paris or outside of Paris? No, I was born in the U.S. Um, you were? I, yeah. I, I thought you in lived US. in Paris when you were 18. Yeah, I, I moved uh, to France when I was a toddler. Oh, okay. So I more or less grew up French. Uh, nobody's perfect, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so my, my, uh, my dad was Hungarian or Hungarian refugee to the U.S., and my mom yep. was visiting, and they, you know, they, uh, that's how they met and uh, hooked up and had a, had a family. And, and then, yeah, I left and, and grew up right like an hour away from Paris. So, yep. Now, to me, that seems romantic and, and amazing. Yeah. But you, from what I remember, told me right when you got old enough to leave, you're like, screw this, I'm going to the United well, States. Well, before I even answer that, that question, question, I should know your, what's your policy on swearing? Oh, you can swear. I, right, I, I'll well, bleep it out later for YouTube. But... It <laughs> Wait, living in Paris sucked. I don't believe well, it. I don't believe first that of for all, a second. I didn't live in Paris. Um, no, outside I lived, of Paris. I lived an hour away from Paris. And uh, in in Paris, like the Paris itself is very safe and it's beautiful and all this stuff. And everything's beautiful in Paris. Perfect, except for the people. It's full of French people. <laughs> yeah. um, what are you so going to do, right? So that sucks. Uh, <laughs> people are rude. But... Uh, but otherwise, Wait, do, you, do you really think uh, is that stereotype real? Is that the Parisians oh yeah, are yeah are yeah you know, we, I know that because if I because you are one <laughs> yeah first of all yeah <laughs> you guys but uh, <laughs> but no this but is going seriously, well <laughs> seriously uh, when, this is when how we talk Marcus, to each other yeah, we we worked <laughs> carpentry together for years yeah. so this is normal yeah, not you Kat, but he told me you like five five times a day. Uh, Okay, so when Americans go to Paris, they'll they'll go there and they'll come back and they'll say, "Oh, 
French was the, the whatever the pastries were nice, but uh, <laughs> but the the they hate Americans, and I'm always like, well, okay, well, break it down for me. What happened? So they they'll say, well, I went to I asked this guy, I stopped in the street, and said, excuse me, do you know where the Eiffel Tower is? And he looked me up and down and and scuffed and just walked away. Or you know, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's how we treat each other. Like it doesn't mean they don't like Americans. It's just how we we are. Like. Yeah. They you just hate people. It's, it's yeah. funny too because pe- people always talk about New Yorkers kind of the same way, um, which is funny because I told Kat that it's my favorite city is Brooklyn. Yeah, me it, too. it's hers as well and yours yeah, too. Me too. So that's something yeah. we all have in common. And we're, and we're all artists, musicians, and we all are trying to get back there. So why don't you talk about that a little bit, how you, you did, you came here, but I think you lived in Ellsworth with your, with your dad for a bit, right? So I don't know yeah. the order in yeah, which you so, went to Brooklyn, but so talk I about came, coming from Paris to Brooklyn. I came from a very inner city surrounding. So I know it's not inner city because it's a suburb, but over there, that's how it is. Like all the projects are in, over in the, out in some of the suburbs. So I came from a very inner city surroundings to to coming to, uh, in France, to coming to Ellsworth, Maine. So uh, when I was 18, so I asked my dad for... Uh, uh, I didn't want I didn't know my dad growing up, and then I reconnected. With, he reconnected with me when I was sixteen, and uh, uh, when I was eighteen, as soon as I graduated from high school over there, I I asked him for a one way ticket to to the promised land, and here I am. So, but yeah, I started by going to by living in Ellsworth, which was yeah huge culture shock. Well, it's not it's not even <laughs> a culture that. shock because there was no culture there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's nothing there. No, no it's, it's it's not true actually. And, uh, I mean, and I started out, I started working construction and it was just a different world. And I, like, I, I kind of loved the guys I work with. Like it was my first, you know, introduction to like the neck America and, uh, <laughs> and like they were, they were fun and, and I learned a lot from them. But then after a few months, I realized they hated me. So, you know, it just, uh, so, so yeah, so I had more or less of a hard time in Maine, uh, like living here and then things, uh, I traveled out. I went to New Orleans and New York when I was 19. And then I came back to chill out and go to go to school and stay with my dad, get to know my dad better. And then, uh, yeah, after after 9-11, honestly, these things in Maine sucked for me and some people I knew. Um, and I decided to go to, to New York. So I, I, I wound up living there for two years. Uh, I did a, one, one of the years I did, I did a school there. And then I lived in a squat on the Lower East Side, which was a, an amazing huh, experience. Yeah, I forgot you. You were a squatter in New York. Uh, it was like a, an organized homeless community is the best way to describe it. Uh, wow. The Village Voice used to give uh, used to give grades to the to the squats, and uh, we always got the most demographically diverse squat. And it was a very like dysfunctional squat that just held it together for 16 years until they got busted by the city. And Did you ever was, have any anything sketchy happen? Like anybody try to stab you or anything? Not in the squat, no, uh, no, no. It was very it, no, and it would, they were very strict about like you couldn't do hard drugs, you couldn't you couldn't do too much illegal stuff, or right? you know, because they really wanted yeah. to protect themselves, protect each other. Like we had we had homeless people in there that were in their 60s, 70s that had survived 20 years in the street and uh, they really defended their space. We had one woman who, uh, Mar- uh, Marjorie, who they made a, Rosemary, who they made a film about the glass mm-hmm. castle, I believe. Oh, wow. uh, uh, so, so we had, you know, and these people eventually had to leave and uh, some of them went back on the street once things changed. Well, how long were you there for in the squad? Uh, uh, two years, two years minus one summer. So, 
No kidding. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, the second th- the second year was when the the city started to bust to bust down on the. Uh, uh, yeah. That's not an expression. Bust down. Uh, yeah. Started crack down on the squat, and yeah. they had discovered that we were stealing electricity from the projects next door, and so <laughs> so they shut that down. And so the last year, the last winter, I was in New York. We had yeah, it was like no electricity. Uh, luckily, the apartment people got wood stoves in different apartments in the squat. So they were uh, the so the people below me had a wood stove. So it wasn't so it was I didn't die, you know, but it was really cold. Wow. And uh, uh, but I loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. That is quite the experience. Yeah, I, sure. I always think that my that's... Brooklyn experience is bad with a few cockroaches and some bad roommates, but that's a little <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Well, so I was going to say that's kind of, I think, where you started to really um, find out that you were more of an artist type, right? Like when you had come over from, from Paris, you hadn't done a whole lot of art, right? So can you talk about uh, where, how that developed and how you, and I don't remember yeah. which came first, if it was your art or your music, but you do both pretty much equally now, right? Yeah, I know. Growing up, I, I always knew... Like I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I I was more gifted with art, so I could draw well. Uh, but I was much like super passionate about music. Uh, but I did not like I wasn't allowed to have a guitar. I wasn't you know I I just wasn't it wasn't encouraged at all in my household. So with my mom. Yeah. So but I loved it. Uh, when I was a when I was a kid, my one of the few things I got from my dad for for all these years uh, without seeing him was a some uh some country music tapes so i had like three mm-hmm. willie nelson tapes and uh a compilation really? and i think a kenny rogers oh yeah kenny rogers uh the first album by kenny rogers and uh so i grew up listening to some of this and also listening to french uh, I, so with my it's always a one thing fed the other like with my artwork i won a, a drawing contest like uh and and one prizes I got was a little radio, and it was like an AM radio. And the only the only station I could really get was like the old, was like the senior citizen radio. Um, <laughs> and and it was awesome stuff. It was all like the, you know classic French uh, pop, let's say, or popular music, you know. So I grew yeah. up on that too. And then and then uh, my mom was a, a really like hardcore, like rock and roll, like pre-Woodstock kind of stuff. Like she liked Little Richard, <laughs> Elvis, uh, uh, Eddie Cochran. Really? Fast Domino. The first concert I ever went to was Fast Domino. Uh, no kidding. That's cool. And uh, so so I like absolutely, I, I adored that stuff and I wanted to be, you know, <laughs> that was kind of one of my appeals to come to the U.S. was, the, you know, the culture, the musical culture. So, yeah. So, uh, but so what kind of music do you do do you make so a two so mostly two things so i produce i write produce uh, my own songs um and i it, they're definitely not in any genre whatsoever um i really mix that, that's my favorite part about them orson is that it sounds like nothing else i've ever heard and i just love your vocals too you have very unique vocals there's nobody i can't oh, even thanks. compare someone to you thanks and uh, yeah. that's cool year, we should we should throw a link to his music after this oh definitely i'll put all the links up in the in the YouTube and wherever we post it, for sure. Sweet. Uh, I've been the last few years. I've been traveling to to Central America more and uh, and Puerto Rico, so I've started writing songs in Spanish as well. Uh, oh, you have? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a few that I have a couple I'm working on now, so they'll, you'll hear them at some point. Um, and then, so that's one thing. And then, I also uh, I'm also in the band, so uh, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. And I'm I'm a, I'm a contractor, yeah. and. Uh, 
I have what some people call a social enterprise, which means that we're, we don't just build products. We also have a mission and our mission is to hire and train immigrants in the trades. So, nice. uh, and when I came to Portland about six, six, seven years ago, I realized there's this amazing international musicians here. But the problem just with any musician is like, uh, uh, you know, you have to work and you don't have time to rehearse. And uh, in Portland, a lot of musicians have two jobs, you know, so. So I decided I was yeah. going to hire some of the musicians that I like best in town. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so great. I'm in a band with two of my carpenters. And one of them is Namari Keita, who is a, an amazing uh, drummer, like multi-generational. He's from a long line of uh, uh, Giru, which is like the, the music, the uh, like the troubadours of, of, of his country, Guinea. Uh, and he, he has a career of his own. He travels all over the, the world teaching. And, um, and and also, and then I also play with an Albanian uh, folklorist. So, so a guy who collected folk music during communist Albania uh, when Albania was communist, and uh, uh, and all all forms of music were illegal except for for traditional Albanian music and uh, party like party worship, like communist party worship music. So. When are we going to go shoot that documentary? I know, I know. Well, I still... I've been waiting for you to email me. I need an excuse <laughs> to go shoot something. It's just getting delayed, but we're thinking of going in August. I know, coronavirus, man. So it's the, killing me. Yeah, but the August is, a, is our plan to go to Albania and record our music. Cool, cool. Yeah, if you need a camera guy, let me yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so so with that band, we're we're just... It's so, it's so awesome, like, because I think most musicians, like, if you're a punk, especially when you're... Like you see, you're in New York and you're a punk rocker. Like you're gonna form a band. You're not even gonna want to just look for other punk rockers. You're gonna be like, oh, do you like the Sex Pistols? No, I'm into the Exploited. So <laughs> I'm not gonna play with you, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so, but you get really specific. But this band is like completely like the three of us had completely different idea of what music is, how to explain music, and what's cool. Like, you know, yeah. so. Uh, it can make for some interesting stuff. Yeah. That's great. Or some really weird, that. just some weird noises. Yeah. <laughs> Someone starts banging pots around. Yeah, we only share, like, with, with our accordion player, we only, with my drummer, I play, I speak French and English, so we have lots of language in common, but our accordion player, we only have, like, maybe 20 words in common, so you wow. got to explain, like, you know, a 7-8 song, you know, timing song to, to, to your, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. It, it's crazy, but it, it's so good because every time we, we come out just our minds blown, you know, uh, expanded, I guess. So, uh, and with that band, we've been playing, uh, yeah, we've been playing quite a lot since we formed uh, about three and a half years ago. So, what's the name of your band? Bum Deco. Shirt. Sure. Wait, right. I thought I thought that's the name of your um, your carpentry company. Yes, 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 it is. Oh, because okay, because, awesome. okay, because what? Because I'm gonna I have only one vehicle, right? And so it's a truck, yeah, right, yeah. for work. You might, you might, so it's yeah. normal. It's normal for our, contra our contractor to have their name on the truck, right? So we have our name on the truck. Yeah. But when we show up to like a festival or a venue, and they see us, and, and the the band Bandeco is gonna play, and we got a truck with a name on it, they're like, "Wow, these guys are a big deal. They have a, they have a, a band truck, you know." <laughs> That's, that's awesome. genius. I think that's also, you genius. could probably run all the receipts for both corporations. Through well, actually, well, it is <laughs> part of the business it. plan too. Is that we're like uh, one feeds the other, you know? So yeah. like, uh, uh, 
yeah, I, I like our like for example to to fund a trip to go record ourselves stuff like this is like one funds the other and we, we work together and we play and we play music together. So. I, I wanted to rewind for a second too because to bring up the carpentry aspect to let everybody know that yeah. how much Orson has changed the direction of my life uh, because I, I had just gotten done working at um, the radio station. I was driving around the state and, and doing concerts and stuff, and I, I just got out of it and was sick of it and in a horrible mood. And, and for whatever reason, I don't remember what play we went to watch. Do you remember what play it was the night I asked you? Uh, the night you asked me what? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell the rest of the story first. I'm, I'm so glad that it changed my life and you don't even remember. The night I asked you. The night I asked you. No, I'm kidding. You asked me to work with me. I'm kidding. I, I, yeah, but uh, what, where were we? It was it was the Penobscot Theater, but I don't know what we were watching. I know you had. I just, I, just know, I went there on a whim. I, like, oh, I just know I remember this this guy with like skinny jeans and a, and a tiny little dog in his arms. Middle aged country, country singer. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah, you mean a beautiful middle aged country singer? Yeah. Uh, no, I I was yeah I probably was there with Alyssa I think actually, but we were watching. I want to say like I don't know the Christmas Carol or something. Yeah, something probably with totally ends, there. Christmas. It was something, but you you walked out and you were in the main area, and I was talking to you, and I and you had mentioned how you would just let go, or you were looking for an employee because some guy just quit, or you'd let somebody go, or something. And I kind of nonchalantly was like, "Yeah, I, I quit the radio station today. You got anything available?" You're like, "Well, that guy's position, you, but like, I'd have to train you. You'd start not knowing anything." And I said, "Sure." And so I went to apprentice with you, thinking we both had said like a few weeks, a couple months, mm -hmm. whatever, and it ended up being almost a, a year. Um, which yeah. I would have continued doing, but you got so sick of me that you had to move away to Portland and, and leave me behind. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy, I'm but out the reason here. it changed my life so much is um, apprenticing with Orson, I learned to do carpentry, which then uh, gave me the, the um, confidence to start buying single family homes to renovate and rent. And that's pretty much what I do now for a living. Nice. So it's awesome. really weird to think I that I hadn't seen you that day yeah. at the, at the, um, the, the Penobscot Theater, then who knows what the hell I'd be doing. I'd, I'd be house. living in a squatting place in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> right out of check to Bondeco, okay? <laughs> Listen, if, if you ever get in, uh, into hard times, you can always come sleep in my basement. I'll save a little mattress for you. That's not, that's not degree. He doesn't um, have a basement, <laughs> so he's lying. Oh, it's a slab. <laughs> but, no, but, but seriously, Orson, I, I want you to know, it was, it was a great time. And something else I wanted to mention, too, and you, the people that work in the industry know sometimes you don't get paid. Sometimes people that are, uh, that are not, I don't mean the bosses, but you go to job sites, they don't pay. There were a few times with Orson where, I, and I didn't realize he wasn't getting paid. We had done a job for multiple weeks, and he would always make sure I got my paycheck before anybody. Well, it was just two at the time, but I mean before himself. Uh, as well, and that's something that is just I think speaks to your character, and once again was something I really needed at that juncture in, in my life. So, thanks again for teaching me how to be a carpenter and, and making sure I got paid. It, it really meant the world to me at the time. So, how did so. you guys meet? Did you meet in the lobby at the play? No, I knew he was he's world famous in, in Bangor. He's known <laughs> as uh, Pigeon or Pigeon, if you want to say the French way. He made he used to sell T-shirts. Um, I also filmed him doing some wheat pasting is how he got some notoriety because he was big on uh, the homeless people in, in yeah. town having nowhere to sleep. So there'd be a lot of empty buildings um, that were rotting away in Bangor. Sadly, there still are. So you might want to come back and do this again, Orson. But he would wheat paste on the, board, on the plywood that they had uh, put on the buildings to keep the homeless from going in. And would make would make the news because of course it was art and looked cool, but it was also making a statement of like why it made it uh, something that was a sore thumb stand wow. out more and look a little more beautiful for the neighborhood, but also call attention to the fact like why do we have people sleeping in sleeping bags when it's negative three degrees outside mm -hmm. and there's just empty houses, old Victorian homes rotting away. Uh, so I knew who Orson was, and, and he kind of knew me a little bit from Kabang and stuff too uh, back in the day. So we we knew each other, but that was when we really became true friends, and, and our love blossomed. 
driving back and forth in the pickup truck to Belfast every day. Right. Just that's that's when the love blossomed. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and it never yeah. really took fruit, did it? Um, no, it did for one fruit. of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I loved having you as my helper. It was fun. It was fun to have somebody to abuse. Well, well, that was that was my no, next I'm question. Kidding. Was I'm, I'm by far your favorite employee of all time, uh, right? Well, it's a tie. No, but no, I really like working with you. Uh, I really. No, I remember for the following years. It was actually once a year you would call, honest, you would, you would yeah, call or text yeah, and you would say, "Chaz, I just want to let you know my my new em- no." You would say, "My my new employees in Portland they work so much better than me." <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. hang up on you. Yeah. yeah. By the way, sorry if I keep cutting you off. There's a little bit of a delay oh. in the audio, so it's like it's like the news broadcasters. I realize, you know, how they always pause to like wait for the other person to talk. It's, it's annoying, but it's cool. The software is great for us to be able to talk long distance. Yeah, so. it's pretty smooth. On and you you are in Portland right yeah, now. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's long distance. Well, long distance for for Bangor, Maine. Yeah. Anyway. What's that cool thing on on the wall back there? Uh, is it a dog or a polar bear with spots? Uh, okay. Oh, look well, at that. these are two uh, masks. This one is from Costa Rica. Um, it's a native cool. mask, and this one is from Guatemala, where, uh, you know, I said earlier, my my my, my dad's family they were refugees after World War II, and I have a bunch of family that mm-hmm. wind up in uh, in Guatemala, and uh, I love this mask because it all their other masks are like you know like I have a mask of a jaguar, and it's just supposed to be a jaguar, but this is actually uh, a mask that's supposed to represent the white people, and the, and the Spanish, and. Uh, so when they would do plays, they would like enact like these situations and they, they couldn't represent a conquistador because, you know, they'd get trouble for it. So there they was a code that, that when you saw the this weird ass dog with the red ears, it was it was the, the conquistador, you know, that they were making yeah. fun of or they were killing him in the play or stuff like this. So I just kind of like cool. like that. You just mentioned your, your dad, which reminded me, I, your dad passed away, right, of, of cancer? Uh, no, he had cancer for 11 years, and then he died in a car crash. Oh, oh God. I'm so yeah. sorry to hear that. That's terrible. At the, the same place where he would always give me for, like, not being careful turning. <laughs> and wow. then that's how he died. Wow. Yeah, because I so, remember yeah. you talking about him having cancer. I know he had it for 11 years. Man. Yeah, 11 years. He never went into remission. He just kept getting cut up, and then he was yeah. in such good shape. Otherwise, he was doing fine, and then... Um, and then right before, the, the week before he died, he went to his doctor's actually and got checked. And we he never found out, but I found out two weeks after he died that it had moved into his spine. Oh. So so we think he it was actually a really, he really got lucky uh, dying in the, he, he got hit like he probably didn't even know what happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so uh, probably a lot better than what was coming for him. So. Yeah. What did your dad think of, of your um, your art and music and your choice to do all that did he say oh i wish you would go be a doctor indian lawyer chief uh uh no he didn't want me to be a lawyer but he he thought yeah he thought that it was kind of stupid i think really uh, so, he, so your dad wasn't artistic to know. then he was but to some extent like he liked to write but for example but you don't know for example okay talking about that car crash so my brother uh, my oldest brother Mark, who grew up in Ellsworth, he's got a definitely one one of the few people in the family who also has like an artistic bent, and he does music as well. And he used to write poetry, and so uh, one time he gave 
he was the editor of the Northeastern uh, uh, Poetry Review, and he had a po- he had a poem in, in the review, so he gave it to my dad, and then my dad was like, "Oh, what the hell is this stuff?" And he called him the f word, you know, as in like a oh, bad word no. for gays and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah it was that kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah. But in the meantime, when he died in the car crash, and I, I saw the scene of the of the car crash, I found that that book like he was carrying it around so i asked his friends i was like my dad was why would my dad have his car it's like oh he used to like bring it to the you know bagel bagel central there bagel shop and uh tell everybody like and show it to everybody and because he was so proud of his son you know wow really i don't know so who knows but yeah no it's interesting yeah, it's yeah, funny. It's funny how that works up. too, because my dad and I are are in a band together now, and he sings and plays oh, guitar. Wow. But, but, um, but he, uh, when we were growing up, he never had picked it up or showed any interest. In fact, he gave me his Martin that he had, and that's how I kind of learned to play because he just never played it. And then once he saw what I was doing with music, he was like, "Wow!" He's like, "Maybe I can do it too." And now, now he loves it, and he, he that does surprises it. me wow. because your dad yeah. is he loves music. Oh, he loves he's, it. Like, he's a he, musician yeah. through and through. Yeah. You no, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is sometimes it takes a moment and a pause of like, oh wait a minute, like I create this is my son who I created. Obviously, we share genetics, uh-huh. we're similar. So maybe your dad had that moment um, with your brother or you, where he's like, wait a minute, maybe yeah. I could write poetry, you know? Hmm. Yeah, you well, I, def- I definitely it's awesome with uh, with my son Leo. You know, he's 17 now, and he's, he's uh, 17 now. Oh, no, he yeah, is. Yeah, 17, six foot three. <laughs> oh yeah. my God, time flies, man. That's crazy. Well, let me ask you that then, because so Cat yeah. has a daughter Zoe who's who's eight, and Cat's whole thing she's like, the second uh-huh. she's eighteen, I'm going back to New York. So you had always said a very similar thing. So a year yeah. from now, are, are you are you, you moving back to the big city, or are you staying in Portland? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I'm going to bounce, but I've been all right. So my debate, the things I've been debating in my head are, are these. Uh, uh, the options are to just leave altogether, um, or or the option would be to do something in between. Because mm-hmm. my carpentry business, it took me like uh, about like five years ago. I had a reality check where because I was doing all my street art and stuff, and and it was going great. It was like spreading all over, and I was doing all this stuff. But it was still, it was not enough to pay the rent, and I just had. I was like, okay, I gotta stop this. And just concentrate on my business, and uh, so it took you know, some years and uh, a lot of some really bad times at times, just of making mistakes with my business, uh, to get to a place where now we're booking like a year and year and a half in advance. So I'm like, well, if people are willing to to book a year in advance, maybe I can book a year in advance and then leave for six months, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. And it does make, and then also working with all these uh, people from other countries, it does make me appreciate what I have as a business. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I define, like for my work, I define myself like as a working class entrepreneur. And I think that's the basic of all over the world. You go from Africa to South Central America, like there's working class entrepreneurs, whether they're like selling apples in the street or trying mm-hmm. to, you know, start a garage or whatever. And, and it's so rare to have something that actually works, you know? So I'm thinking like, you know, it, it could be something where I use where I use that um, to to go to leave for and travel and make music. Does uh, your son work some... for your company? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Does he like it? Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, I think he he'd like to try different things because that's the only work he's done so far. Yeah. Um, and he's you know it's with his dad, so uh, but. Yeah. Uh, he honestly, he 
he told. Do you ever yell at him? Are you like you you cut that yeah. bar too short? You're acting like Chaz. I don't yell, but <laughs> get I get out really of here. Frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I don't know how it is with you, Cat, but it's it's hard for me any, anyway with having. I don't. And it all, I guess it depends who you are and your your family and everything. But he's so spoiled compared to me, you know, like so how how I was, <laughs> and it's hard to be like I'm like how can you not know like. If I had not yeah. known this or that when I was 16, I would have died, you know? Like, And you're just like, oh, I don't know. Uh, how am I going to cook this burrito? You know, I do think of, of things like that sometimes. Zoe's only eight, but it's like, man, you, we were in two different places. Listen, in Leo's yeah. defense, though, some, it's, it's hard to – once you're in carpentry so long, things just seem natural and normal. But in the beginning, I remember when I messed up up, Orson would go, oh, that's no big deal. Just go get the board stretcher. And I was like, what's the board stretcher? He's like, yeah, just stretch the board up. Make, make it longer. You cut it an inch too short, just get the board stretcher. And so I'm like walking around the truck looking for the board stretcher. I come back to her and I'm like, I can't stretch this board. I was like, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> so I can see, how, <laughs> see how Leo would be like, Dad, what do you mean? I can't just do this? Well, yeah. and the- well our, our construction site is complete chaos. I mean, so so I have uh, five employees now. Uh, and when I when I speak English, only two of them understand. Mm-hmm. When I speak yeah. French, only two of them understand. And when I speak Spanish, only two of them understand. And in in that whole mix, there's like two that overlap. So there's one that doesn't understand anything. <laughs> so <laughs> that like, must get confusing for you. Like yeah, oh, it, but it, it's also it's also so awesome. Like I'm so grateful, yeah. uh, and and it's cool. I I really like to say that this is something I'm doing right here in Maine. You know, the supposedly like the whitest country in the in the, the whitest state in the country and all that, because. Uh, like I, I hired these two Haitians, and so their main language is Spanish because they they live in Chile for eight years, and uh, I hired them in, in July. I went to Puerto Rico in August. I could barely speak Spanish, and I went back at Christmas, and then I was like, like talking so fast, and and I was so grateful, you know, that people pay a lot of money to get a uh, like yeah. immersion into Spanish, and I get to speak it like almost eight hours a day. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, because I've structured the business in that way that, you know, that so, I can do So that. let me get this straight. You're, you're hiring your favorite musicians so you can make a band and you're hiring uh, people that speak the languages yeah. you want to learn. <laughs> You've really figured it out. I <laughs> Making think. it all like yeah. <laughs> Sounds really self-serving, that's a, but yeah. That's a, no, that's a way to do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, oh. it's also, it's also a balance because when I, I, when I hired the Spanish guys, I already had worked with my Albanian guy. So like yeah. the, the one who's also my accordion player. Uh, he's turning 70 next week uh, and he's just not learning English and my English has gotten so much worse because of him because he's dragging <laughs> us down <laughs> like, and so uh, so all the times I used to I work with them was like it sucks I don't want to learn his language because if I cared about learning his language and I just give up and speak his language so I was like I always I want to get Spanish speakers but I never really found the yeah. right mix and then these guys uh, the Haitians I just love their culture and their uh yeah they're super hard workers and uh and a lot of fun like we laugh so much all day so yeah well also i think a big difference too in terms of talking about whether you would keep the business going and travel to new york or around the world when you used to tell me i'm out of here i'm going to brooklyn it's because we were both living in bangor <laughs> so portland's a little bit better it's twice the population there's a little more going on more restaurants um so are, are you happy right now in portland is it fun yeah uh yes uh Yes and no. I mean, it's it's a small, it's been coronavirus it's a small, small city for me, and mm-hmm. uh, for me because I like bigger cities. It's also it's still very New England culture. Like it's I'm still kind of like a fish out of water. Uh, 
and it's become a small town too because I've been here for six, seven years, so I know so many mm. people. Uh, but overall, to be like the like truth talk is like it was a huge improvement when I moved here from Bangalore. Yeah, uh, and some of it has to do also just with my personal story. Like, like it was so good to now now like at work and my band, I'm surrounded by other people who li- grew up in different countries and are here as you know visitors. Uh, so it's like it's sort of like a, like a like what people call a safe space, except it's not safe because we make each other so uncomfortable. But like we, you know, so I have to have the community here uh, like that is unbelievable. You know. Uh, there's in the uh, Portland public school in the high school, uh, they they made a census of the languages spoken by kids, and it's more than Brooklyn, in Queens, New York. Oh wow! Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, that is cool. I mean, if we're so, if the so population of Maine is going to grow at all, that's mm-hmm. kind of the route we need to go at this point is, is immigrants, because I think uh, what was it? I, it was two thousand people? It was right when you mm-hmm. moved to Portland. Two thousand people from <laughs> Bangor dropped in the population and portland went up by wow. 2000 and that's kind of what happens is people <laughs> keep they, moving they out, out uh, which yeah. i don't blame them. you know people go to college or they, or they do whatever but i loved i love to see that uh, we were starting to get immigrants in town because and for instance just like you're saying you know it is an all-white community and there's nothing wrong with that um, but it's also nice to get some you know some new restaurants some new flavors and, and new music all of that comes yeah. with uh, the diversity that that it brings yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's big enough. There's these like micro cultures here. Like there's a lot of Congolese. When I first moved here, because we speak French, like I used to go to a lot of the their parties and all this stuff. And it, it's just like it's just crazy. Like there are different there's different worlds that live here. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. If you could hop on a plane right now, and go anywhere in the world, for two months, where would it be? Bangor, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I know Bangor's your first choice, but what's the second choice? Uh, Honestly, I'd go back to Puerto Rico right now. Really? You Uh, liked it that much? I loved it there. I loved it so much. Like, I loved the the What are the women like there, Orson? (laughs) The audience is dying to know. (laughs) That explains it right there. I'm booking a a heart attack. Seriously, I thought I was going to get a heart attack like so many times. A heart on or a heart attack? You you cut out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> it was so. No, it's it's. I mean, like it's um, so far. Yeah, like uh, I, I mean, like I lived in Paris, and I lived in New York, and I've never seen yeah. like really? the level of, of attractiveness that I've seen in Puerto Rico. No, never. And and I so uh, yeah, I love the culture there, and uh, it's so cool because San Juan is like a real city, like where I stay. Uh, so it's kind of gritty. It's it's touristy too, and mm-hmm. but uh, and then there's just like this pure natural beauty and beaches and stuff. It's it's and yeah. the, I love the food. I I just I wonder how long it would take for me to get sick of it. But uh, yeah, I've I'll never heard anyone say I went to Puerto Rico and hated it. It's always I I'd actually always, hey I can't wait to go back. I don't know why I haven't gone. It has just hasn't been on my list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think go. you'd love. Yeah, it. When, let me know when you're going back. I'll yeah, along yeah, you. you should definitely do it for your your uh, series. Travel on the bus. Oh yeah. Political? Well, no. Okay. No. Dirt cheap. We'll shoot <laughs> okay. an episode of or- yeah. Dirt Cheap with Orson. Did yeah. say buck wild? No. no uh, uh, buck. You, uh, travel on a buck. You travel on a buck. Yeah. No. I definitely. Uh, I definitely. Uh, like that's So that's my third option that I'm playing with is is just moving my business to Puerto Rico. Oh yeah. Cool. Because uh, now, did you do much music down there when you were there, or was it more just? 
This time I didn't. Up. I honestly, I needed a personal break, like a health break. So, uh, yeah. So I was, I actually barely did any music. It was my plan originally, okay. and then Nothing I realized that. that I needed time to, to uh, be away from people and chill and just work on like more like mental health stuff. So, it was a good place yep. to do it. It was so. I went there. I landed on Christmas Eve, and I left the uh, New Year's the day after New Year's, uh, and. I spent I've spent a lot of Christmases on my own, and one thing I and yeah. sometimes I go to like to New York like when I lived in Bangor I take take a bus to New York and just go to Chinatown, and have a you know Christmas with the it was me and the Jews, and then some some old <laughs> Chinese men with some like you know barely legal prostitutes, and uh, you'd just be in this restaurant <laughs> like that's what Chinatown was like it's like the only oh, place yeah. that's alive in New York, and I have to tell I you like, Puerto Rico was like my probably my favorite place to be alone on Christmas. <laughs> and yeah. people were so friendly, you know, they talk to you. There's a, it just, it just, I love the culture. That's great. Um, so I, I hate to interrupt. I just got a text um, from a fan and they want to know um, <laughs> if you're currently seeing anyone. Uh, well, the thing is I was, I was hoping that this professional, this like, professional occasion to talk with you here uh, on this podcast <laughs> Would be a way yes. for me to, to to rekindle contact with you, and oh. uh, and maybe. Are you finally professing your love? Because it's about damn time. No, I. But it would be purely like friends with benefits kind of thing. But if, it, <laughs> if even you're better, interested, even better, <laughs> even dog. Uh, yeah. No. So, I'm not so no, you are that. officially single. Because that's probably uh, what entitled this video. It'll say, it'll say Orson Horkler, officially single. <laughs> well, no, but yeah. in all seriousness, now that you you are single, mm -hmm. I'm down for a Puerto Rico trip. We should do it. Oh, that's what you're asking. The me women that. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, they, if they are as great as you say. Oh, I know what, one other thing I wanted to ask you because we were talking about um, your father. So how, how does your mom fit into it? When you like she, when you live in Paris versus here? Yeah. She, yeah. What do you mean how she fits But so what it? is... <laughs> In, in terms of how does how does she feel about your art and music? Uh, no, she was extremely on. Like I, yeah, I mean, I think now I'm an adult. I have very little contact with her. Uh, hmm. She's uh, she's paranoid schizophrenic, so it's almost oh. impossible to have contact with her. Um, yeah. And she was very abusive to most of us, but more one of my brothers than than me. And so I don't feel any duty to, to, to have contact with somebody that difficult. So I don't really know a whole lot what she thinks. But uh, when I was growing up, like, she wasn't supportive at all. Like it was, no. And then she, and then I was also growing up in this, in the, in French culture, which ironically, because you have all this amazing art in France and all this, but uh, it's not at all a, a culture that appreciates art. Like it's very hierarchical. Like if you're smart, you're going to do science. If you're like so-so, mm -hmm. you're going to go into economics or whatever. You know, that's in high school. There's like three different branches. And then, uh, and then if you're, if you, you know, if you're, if you're dumb, like, oh, you're going to do a working class job. Or if you're dumb and your parents have money, then you're going to go into, into art, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so like she had the backing of the culture, uh, you know, like when I was growing up, like, uh, like, and so. So yeah, so I, would, I was definitely not encouraged at all by her mm. to to do any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, like I really wanted a guitar. Like I, I was like seven years old. I knew what I wanted to do, you know. And uh, and so she wouldn't let me. So I would make, uh, I would try to make guitars out of Kleenex boxes and rubber bands. No. And they sound like. Shit.
<laughs> well, no, not really. It's not like a sitar account. Yeah. Bing, bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang, bang. Do you think that influenced your art and music? The relationship with your mom? Uh, oddly, it didn't. It, not by like opposition. Like I was, it was never like, oh, like, like, her, I'm gonna be a musician. But it was more like, like that was I wanted to breathe. So when I when I got more freedom, I was able to do that more. Uh, but then it, I think it, in a weird way it did because she's paranoid schizophrenic and and so she just living on her own planet, you know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so there's a lot of downsides about it, but at the same time, it's like. I'm completely okay with doing like not living like other people. Like I never feel that pressure because I like, she never felt that pressure. (laughs) She didn't care. Yeah. So, so a certain freedom, I think that came with that, but yeah. That's a a pretty tough, awful disease. I, there's a a girl that I was hanging out with in New York who, she told me her mom was schizophrenic, her aunt was schizophrenic and her older sister was schizophrenic. And it's, I'm sure you've researched some of this, that if you have in the family, you have a much higher likelihood of getting it yourself. I don't know if it's more for women than men. Um, but have you ever looked into that? Have you ever thought, or ever been nervous thinking, oh geez, you know, I hope I don't like, I don't know what age your mom was when she discovered she had that disease, but that's something that's crossed your mind at all. Uh, it actually only when I was seventeen, my last year of high school, I got in a. I found out she had been, like, writing to, a girlfriend that I had like two years earlier, and she was telling her things like I was crazy and stuff like that, and so I'm gonna come back to her. It was just like this, and so I got hmm. mad. I got really mad at her, and, um, and I think while we were arguing, like I I kicked her handbag, and she but she just. She happened to think I was trying to attack her or something. So she left the apartment and I lived alone for my year of high school. So, and, and during that year, I was feeling pretty crazy. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so I, at first I thought, well, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, well, I'll, but the thing is at the time, I didn't even know. I didn't even think my mom is, is, is paranoid schizophrenic. That's years later. Because when you're growing up in that, you don't see it. You just think that's yeah. normal or, and so, but I, I thought, wow, I felt pretty crazy at times. And then so later on, I thought, well, maybe I was like going through like an abscess, like letting go of something that I was growing up with. And, and then like, you know, like a crisis of some court, some kind. And then mm-hmm. I think just in the last few years, I figured, oh, I was probably going through like panic attacks or something. So that's the only yeah. time that I really, other than that, I, uh, yeah, I feel like I, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I would, I would have, I would know it somehow because I know her patterns and what it, what it does. To it, so yeah, it's tough with family. Like I've got family members that I haven't talked to in years, and you, and sometimes you have to just realize it's better to keep a distance. You know. So. Yeah. Well, with her, it's 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 just like it's impossible to have a real conversation. Like like if I if mm-hmm. I haven't talked to her in two years and I start talking to her again, and she's like, oh, did you know like Joe Biden got elected to ruin your music career? Like. She'll, and she'll believe it. Like so, <laughs> yeah. what do you talk about next? Yeah. You know? If she she yeah. obviously doesn't isn't medicated. No, and it's, I think she's way past the point. That's the one of that's the thing that's mm-hmm. really problematic and fascinating about the disease, if you can call it that way, is mm-hmm. that uh, it it's, it's like any living organism. It wants to preserve itself. So the more disease is strong, the more it's, it causes self denial. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Yeah. So the more you're deep into schizophrenia, the more you you deny. I don't know if that's the case mm-hmm. for everybody, but, and then, and also yeah. when I say paranoid schizophrenic, it's just my assumption because, yeah. 
because yeah because I've, I've read a bunch of stuff about about it but it wasn't like some mm-hmm. uh, diagnosis because i don't know if she ever was diagnosed so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's it's tough too you know who knows i mean I've I've had so many issues with mental health stuff over the years too. Tried different medications and stuff, and it's a tough thing. I mean, it, the the world is in a. I think they said the other day that something like sixty five to seventy percent of Americans at some point or other in their lives are on um, antipsychotic wow. or or mental health medications. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we're all taking meds we shouldn't be taking. But yeah. So um, yeah. Well, on on a lighter note, yeah, I love you. Well, this has been you know, fun as hell. On a lighter note. <laughs> Yeah. Chaz and I are but, flying out tomorrow. We're, we're supposed to fly out to Philadelphia. Oh, wow. So say a prayer that we don't uh, get our yeah, flight canceled with this impending snowstorm. Oh, yeah. The, the storm is supposed to start at 10, and we're flying out at noon. So knowing Bangor National Airport, it'll be, be canceled. What are you guys going to do in Philadelphia? Nothing. We're just going to visit our, our friend Kendra, maybe do a podcast with her. Yeah. She lives in um, South Philly, so we're going to go yeah, eat she, some food. And... Yeah, she manages a sushi restaurant, um, so I'm kind of interested in asking her about uh, what it was like doing that during coronavirus, um, how they stayed open. I think the guy that, that owns it owns a few restaurants there and stuff, so we're just going to catch up with her and hang out. Nice. Wait, where are you I going? was going to show you the last you thing disappear. I got in Philly at a record shop, my, oh, yeah, favorite, my favorite mug. Oh, that's dope. Who is that? Yeah, is that Dolly, Dolly Parton? Yeah, it says, what would Dolly do? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you make fun of me, call me a, like, a country music star, but you uh, you, de- you definitely have a bunch of country oh, yeah. uh, influences, yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, I do. And I love yeah, Dolly Parton. Should, should you and I get together I, and make a country album? I wrote album? a song about Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, have you played that for me? I don't remember that. I don't think so. No, I didn't want to make fun of I don't of think me. I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah, on. It's, it's the, the title of the song is I never thought I'd make it until I heard Dolly Parton sing Little Sparrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> the full title. <laughs> yeah. It's a true story. It's a true story. Good song to oh, sing in the shower. I love it. Do you have any questions for me since you haven't, since you've missed me all these years? Yeah. Uh, who cuts your hair? <laughs> Are you making fun of his hair? I love it. Where is it? I got it cut today, okay? Oh. At, um, at, at, I'll let you guess where I, I got it cut. I'll be right back. My cat uh, is meowing. She needs to come in. Uh, Bo- okay, it's, it might be a little long at top. Bojay's Urban Cuts? <laughs> no, you know what? I went to Supercuts. Oh. Okay. But they do a fine job. Look at mine. I, I'm cheap. I, I mean, I, myself. I, Orson, I haven't. Oh, you did it yourself? <laughs> That looks pretty good, actually. That's the thing. I, I For years, I cut it myself. I'd say for nearly probably a decade, maybe 12 years of my life, I would cut my own hair. Um, but what it comes down to is they do – you can pay – I think it's like four extra dollars at Supercuts, and they'll give you a, a head massage with their fingernails, and it's just oh my, it's orgasmic. So I, like, I, can't, I can't not do it. I'm addicted now. I cut my own um, hair once and gave myself bangs um, that were this long. What? When I was like seven. Wow. Oh, okay, you were seven. <laughs> it was What's your good. hair? Yeah. So, Orson, so you're saying my hair looks bad right no, now? No, I, I didn't think say it's that. okay right No, no, I'm, it's just you know, you're gonna get, I'm going to have a... It's a serious fan question. A, he giggled when he asked, so he thinks at, your hair looks bad. Mine, I'm going to have a complex I'm now. Just, I'm kidding. It's a... Uh, yeah. No, no. Kat, do you have long hair? I can't think <laughs> of you have a, a hat on. I do. Um, I have shoulder-length oh, hair. Nice. But it's back because I have my hat. She on. refuses to take her hat off because she I has don't. hat hair. She does something yeah. on it. She has. She uh, she's working a new job where they won't let her wear a hat, and she hates it. Oh. Like, I come in to visit her and give her coffee. I have to be very. And she's like, "How's my hair look?" I'm like, "Looks <laughs> looks great." She's just she's become used to wearing hats twenty four seven. But it's your thing. I don't like it. It's, it's a it's funny your thing about hats is like when you get used to wearing them, you feel yeah. naked when you don't have it on. Yeah. Like oh, anything, no, I get it. jewelry. 
a yeah. watch, glasses yeah. even, Pants. right? Yeah. So yeah. my my confidence drops Pants. like twenty points when I don't have my hat on. Wow, yeah. you so look I, good in the hat though. Nobody I, I just think your your hair also looks good natural. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And she's got a, she's got like two strands of gray, and she's like, I'm going gray. You're not going. And gray. Chaz, you should wear. You I've got. Wear I'm hat. getting gray in my beard now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, me too, he actually looks great with hats on. I think I look funny with hats on, but you look really handsome. I I naturally have a really itchy scalp. It's not dandruffy so much. It just itches no matter what. And so when I wear a hat, it, it's, I'm itching my head all day long. That's it's, disgusting. It's horrible. Yeah, you should wear like I don't, a, not, I don't have dry skin or dandruff. I don't know what causes a, it. A beige cowboy hat or something. Because you got that, that Robert Redford thing going on. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. now see, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. He has, to, welcome. he has to say something nice now that he made fun of my hair. That's why. <laughs> right. So we covered a lot of great things in this episode. But the most important, in my opinion, is when the f*** are we booking our trip to Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. I'm down, Orson. My, we're almost, going. I'd say 90% of the episodes I've shot are because a friend of mine says, "Oh, I'm going to this place." Really? So if you just yeah. text me like, "Hey, I'm going, I'm going to Puerto Rico in three weeks," I'll, I'll come. All right. We'll shoot an episode and do weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. maybe by then I'll have a house there. It. Who knows? <laughs> God, I hope so. It's gonna be, <laughs> be real dirt cheap for me. Yeah, and you can help. Come crash on, help on your couch. There we go. We can flip houses in Puerto Rico. That's a good idea. <laughs> cool. Seriously. Yeah. Sounds like a yeah. sounds like a great. <laughs> yeah. A great, great TV yeah, show. Yeah, some great crazy deals well. down there. So, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. this is not a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, I, I do love you. You know that. I hope that uh, we don't go as long without speaking. And I'd like to see you in person soon. Mm-hmm. But let's do Puerto Rico. I think it's a plan. All right, and uh, Albania too. Deal. Albania. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Albania. So I'd yeah. love to. Go- uh, but we gotta we gotta shoot yeah. a crazy documentary. Over yeah, there. I'm serious about that. that I don't want any dirt, dirt cheap thing. I want to do. You and your music over there. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go the for band. it for two weeks and I have one week to hang out and visit the country and it's amazing there. It's like uh apparently it's like all you know, beaches and like resorts and stuff like this and it's super everything is definitely dirt cheap. Like my, my guy yeah. so my, my guy from Guinea, from West Africa and I think Guinea is gonna be the tenth poorest country in Africa, you know. And him and him and my yeah. Albanian guy compare notes and they're like, Oh yeah. Oh, you guys get paid five dollars a day for labor. That's what we get paid too. <laughs> like, oh, you got, you know, it's like the same, but it's right across the Adriatic Sea, like from from Italy. It's like right yeah. there, but it's, uh, yeah. So, so I think well, I, depending what the hell happens, I think it'll be a, with Putin. We might not be going anywhere over there. So. Yeah, no, I think it'll be. I think that's why I, I think a documentary would be great too, because uh, it'd be great to show people in Maine like the connections that we have here. You know. Like this is just a, mm-hmm. the, yeah. we're gonna go see the family of somebody who's my worker, my employee, and my company mm-hmm. in Portland, uh, and it's gonna be something yeah. completely different because I mean nobody knows anything about Albania. So, oh, something else before we hang up with you too, because uh, I know you pl- played a show last Friday, right? Do you have any shows or, <laughs> yeah, or art installations right. coming up in the next few weeks that you want to plug? Because I'll try to release this episode on like probably Wednesday of next week. So, if there's anything you want to plug, get out there. Uh. Sure. Yeah, actually, we're we're taking part in something that's really awesome, uh, and that we've done a lot with my band Bondeco, and uh, that's the yep. international open mic. So that's going to be April second mm-hmm. in uh, uh, at Mayo Street Arts in Portland, and cool. they've ha- they used to happen every two or three months. Now they're a little more further apart because of the pandemic, but they're just amazing events. Like the the energy is so good, uh, and you you just get to sit there and watch like players from all over the world play for like two hours and uh 
there's sometimes like dancing and all kinds of stuff happening and it's a really really cool thing to check out so mayo street arts april you 2nd. Awesome. yeah we should yeah go. you guys should april go 2nd. text oh, me to remind please, me we'll come down yeah. love to see can, you guys there. can we crash at your house yeah 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 i got a well you cool. yeah 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 cat will have a room for you <laughs> and then chaz will you know so <laughs> just give me a mattress in the basement i'll be good yeah so yeah yeah. It was nice to meet nice you, to man. Me too. Yeah. I look forward to talking with you more. Yeah. All right. Bye. Don't worry. It's not over yet. We still have the recap of Orson Horkler. Stay tuned. And we're back. Ta-da! To do the recap of Orson Horkler, the famous, brilliant, amazing one. Wouldn't it be cool if we could talk backwards and we'd do our recap? <laughs> What's that <laughs> song by Missy Elliott? Oh god, I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's your feminipus way, yeah. yeah. That, but it's, so that's easy. If somebody gives you a phrase and you memorize it oh, beforehand, yeah. then that's doable. But like, I was thinking about that for if you get pulled over and you're drinking and they tell you to do the ABCs backwards. I could not do the ABCs. Oh backwards. god, no! There's no way I could ever do that. No, if I don't that, even like. It would take me a minute to spell my name backwards. And you know, you know how, why I, mean? I think they would catch me is because I would say the cop. I'd go, I couldn't even say them backwards if I was sober. And he'd go, Oh, so you're not sober? <laughs> right. That's probably why they do it. <laughs> idiot. <Yeah>. You. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we were here to recap uh, Orson. Um, I wanted to ask you if I if I crossed a boundary talking about the schizophrenic thing. Um, he brought it up. No, I know, but me delving deeper into it and then yeah. asking if he ever had any personal things. I, I just, because I know it's tough talking about family in general, especially family that you're um, estranged from, but then mental illness is such uh, a touchy subject as I mean, well. I think it's okay. He did get a little quiet about it, but. Oh well, yeah, it's a deep, a deep um, thing. Yeah, makes it breaks my heart about his father and his mother. Yeah, I bet he's a really good dad. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to push about um, it influencing his art, but a lot of times stuff that happens like that does. Um, and his art's all over the place, uh, from relationships to political. I gotta check and- it out. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm just no. No, it's great. Um, I like the the taunting you guys do to each other. It's kind of like a like a. I know we, we couldn't we couldn't do the give and take quite as much because of the stupid delay on here. Yeah, I gotta figure. He that seems out. like a wicked cool dude, though. I'd like to hang out with him. Honestly, we should go to Portland more. Hello, why haven't you introduced yeah. me to him before? Um, he's just he works a lot. He's very busy, and I honestly, I barely. I was somebody's asked me the other day if I would go down to Portland anytime soon, and Portland is um, only two hours from Bangor, but I go there only once or twice a year. Yeah, same. I, I rarely go down. Um, Yet we make but, trips to Sugarloaf. I know. X amount right? of times one winter, right? And it's the same yeah. distance. Yeah, I don't know. Well, partially is the free play. Like I could stay up at my parents' place if we go to Sugarloaf. But Portland, I feel bad like asking people, oh, we're going to yeah, sleep in your house. And then really right now, hotels in Portland are 400 bucks. Yeah. $400 and, for a, a and, piece of hotel. In and we, we we are like Portland's no Brooklyn, so it, we're not going to go. Yeah, but it would be fun. I bet Orson could show us some cool house parties. It'd be cool and, for a weekend. Yeah, or, that's the thing. He's connected into a different circle of people than we know down there. That's what I love about him. He always, he, wherever he goes, he finds the cool. Oh, I mean, uh, just the stuff. people he works with. It's, exactly, it's that's amazing. What I mean. Yeah. Um, but in general, yeah, I thought that I thought that went very well. Uh, oh, one thing I didn't ask him, I was curious what he thought France was going to do with all this uh, World War Three drama going on. But he kind of <laughs> made it sound in the beginning like he's he's really separated himself from he, from Paris. Yeah, that doesn't whole seem to care for those people. Yeah. I think it's because he probably didn't have a very good childhood there, maybe. Yeah. And so he yeah. has tainted feelings about it, which is understandable. Yeah. Okay, what do you think that. is going to go on right now? This is just so for context for everyone. Putin invaded last night. Um, today is what? Thursday night now. 
Um, so it looks like he's gonna take over Ukraine. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen with the with Vladimir. Or Vlad, it's also Vladimir, right? The Vladimir. president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Zelensky. Yeah. Um, as long as he's still alive and within the country, then I don't know what's gonna happen. But... I don't think they're looking to fold. I think they're gonna fight back. Yeah. So it's gonna be very very interesting. I just um, I feel bad for the people that are living there, the civilians that have to go through it. Yeah. It's very scary, especially people with children. Ugh. But do you think this is World War Three territory? I've, I mean, I've always been told that mutual assured destruction is, is that's the end. We can't have a World War Three because of that reason. But now it's, Putin's making it sound like the nuclear option is on the table. And I don't know what that means. My dad asked me that at night. He's like, let's say you're Biden and Putin, for whatever reason, shoots a nuke, that the new hypersonic nuke he has at right. New York. Well, what's your option to fire ours back, right? But in doing so, yeah, you're going to wipe out Russia, but you also know that the entire world's wiped out. Right. And then if, and if we, if America and Russia are doing it, does China join in and it just becomes a, a smorgasbord of death and destruction? Maybe I'm not, I'm I'm not so, a religious I'm guy, just, but maybe maybe Armageddon is on its way. I, I, I have no idea. I just hope it doesn't turn to anything where thousands of people die and it's just. As far as when I looked, it never uh, happened to world peace, man. Now you got people. I think part of the, my I was talking to my dad about that too is that Putin, I think, seventy three now. And for me, it's like God. If I was that age, I'd want to be like I don't know if he has grandkids or exactly. not. Exactly. What the fuck daughters, is his problem? Like, I'd want to hang out with my grandkids and like, and he's rich as shit, so it's like I'd want to be on my yacht enjoying myself. That's but, my problem and, with it. It's like, what's going through his head? What is what is his deal? Like, why? I really do think for some reason when he was younger, he took offense that um, the Soviet Union was taken apart and dismantled and. and this is his legacy to reclaim that stuff. Okay, but he looks like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. He looks I don't, like this is the thing. An I, he looks like an idiot to you idiot. and I, who are Americans, right? Um, but he doesn't care about the world stage. He cares about Russia and Mother Russia and his legacy. I think. Let's say all he does is just reclaim Ukraine, and then is assassinated next week. He'll be okay with that because he just wants to mm -hmm. rebuild what he feels was taken. Which, once again, is, you know, to each their own, but I'd much, if I was Putin and I was this Russian oligarch, I think, I think he has, he's probably like the, one of the top 10 richest people on planet Earth, mm -hmm. personally. I would be on my mega yacht, like high-fiving Bezos and doing backflips with I models. mean, <laughs> we know? both would, uh, right? But <laughs> you know? some people just get addicted to this, like. I, it's ultimate power. That's what it you, is, you look, right? I, I love. And they um, won't stop until they get it. But I think it's, it's, it's not even just, um you know, uh, dictators. You look at Britney Spears, which no offense, Britney, or Michael Sorry, Michael Jackson, who passed away, so I can talk about him, but, um, you know, they get to a level of fame and or power and or money where you kind of just lose it a little bit. And so what I had heard some people talking about recently is during coronavirus, Putin has been locked away. And I'm also sure he's been locked away um, mm -hmm. in general because he probably is constantly worried about somebody assassinating. So if you're alone 24-7, you're not on a yacht, with models you are just living in a bunker in moscow then yeah i could see you just going crazy and you know you've got 10 maybe 20 years left of life on the planet and you just want to have your last hurrah you know because maybe he was doing models on a yacht for years and years and years and now he's like okay i'm bored with that what what else and this is you know, it i honestly i'll i can't i'll never be able to understand that type yeah. of thought process Anyway, we got derailed. We were supposed to be talking about Orson. Oh, Orson. <laughs> That's our commentary on World War Three, everyone. Orson. Cool name, <coughs> cool band, yeah. cool accent. Yeah. Cool oh, everything. You have a crush on Orson. Yep. Yeah. Mm. There you go, Orson. It's because she, she found out you're single. Yeah.
on our podcast. Um, all right, that's cool. We're going to go to bed, guys, because we're going to fly out to Philly tomorrow, and hopefully we're going to interview our friend Kendra Buteau next. We're coming at you, Kendra and Goodbye. Rex. Goodbye. Rex. Peace out. <laughs>